0: Today's reading is James chapter 4, which says, What causes conflicts and quarrels among you? Don't they come from the passions at war within you? You crave what you do not have. You kill and covet, but are unable to obtain it. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask. And when you do ask, you do not receive, because you ask with wrong motives, that you may squander it on your pleasures." You adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, whoever chooses to be a friend of the world renders himself an enemy of God. Or do you think the scripture says without reason that the spirit he caused to dwell in us yearns with envy, but he gives us more grace? This is why it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, then, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and weep. Turn your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Brothers, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against his brother or judges him, speaks against the law and judges it. And if you judge the law, you are not a practitioner of the law, but a judge of it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make a profit. You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord is willing, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your proud intentions. All such boasting is evil. Anyone then who knows the right thing to do yet fails to do it is guilty of sin. And this is God's Word. Do you tend to focus on the past or think about the future? Thinking about the past can be a good thing if the good stuff in our past causes us to be thankful for people and opportunities and memories that God has allowed into our lives. Reflecting sometimes on the bad stuff in our past can be good too if we think about lessons we've learned from it rather than focusing on the hurt or the shame or whatever negative consequences came from the past. Focusing too much on the past, however, can be unhealthy. The past cannot be changed. So the coulda, woulda, shoulda that sometimes accompanies thinking about the past only makes you feel bad in the present. Likewise, if you think your best days are behind you, and think about the good times too much, it can take away your motivation to use the time you have today. So, while some thinking about the past can be helpful, it is usually best to focus on the present and the future. Verses 13-17 through here in James 4 give us some guidance in that area. Verse 13 raises the issue of the future and how we tend to make plans for the future optimistically. When we make plans for the future, we often assume that the future will be exactly as we envision it, with very little thought about what might disrupt our plans. Verse 15 reminds us, however, that we can't be certain about what will happen tomorrow. The reason is that we are finite. Someday, our days will come to an end. Somewhere, someone driving to work this morning was thinking about closing a big deal that would pay a large commission. That person was counting the money in his or her mind and what could be done with it once the check was safely cashed. Maybe that person had fun plans for the weekend, too, and they were smiling about the prospects for today and tomorrow. But that person's life was cut short by a traffic accident or a heart attack or some other emergency that landed them in the hospital or at the bedside of someone they loved. We make plans quite naturally, but we cannot control the variables. Now, James does not discourage us from planning or looking forward to events in the future. Instead, according to verse 15, he encouraged us to remember that God's will is bigger than our will, and that his will may disrupt the plans we have for ourselves in the future. God's command to us, then, is to plan while also submitting our plans to the sovereign will of God. That saves us from arrogance, as we saw in verse 16. It also prepares us not to be overly disappointed when life happens and interrupts our plans. Maybe you're dealing with an unplanned setback in your life today, and you're struggling with the disappointment that quite naturally flows from such a setback. Can you believe that God has a will for your life that is bigger than your plans? Do you trust that setbacks he allows in your life are for your good, to make you holy, to teach you to trust him, to prepare you to do good rather than living for yourself? Look at verse 17 for that. If you face an interrupted plan soon, remember this truth about God. And his goodwill for your life. Finally, whenever you make plans, remember that God may have something else in mind for you. Some Christians actually add the phrase, if the Lord wills, to the things that they say about the future. And there's nothing wrong with that, but that's not the point of James' instruction in verse 15. It's not just to formulaically add that to anything in the future. Instead, James wants us, and the Lord wants us, to remember to submit our plans to the good will of God. That's the point of saying, if the Lord wills, we will do this or that. It teaches us to submit our plans to God's will. If He disposes of our plans, then we hope in Him. If He allows them to happen, then we thank Him. This is the attitude God calls us to take into our daily lives because it's an attitude and approach to life that glorifies him. So, you got any plans coming up in the near future? As a Christian, think about them in terms of the will of God, and I'll see you next time.